Bonjour everyone and welcome back to Casser les Lignes, the French football podcast with the accent, probably the last of the year as well, last of the year 2021. Thank you everyone for listening to the podcast uh, the whole season, the whole year. We are going to talk about the last game in Ligue 1 in 2021. It was match day 19 and it's the end of the first leg of Ligue 1 with, uh, with this game. And we have, of course, our um, autumn champion, as we call it, in Ligue 1, which is Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, and, uh, and a very entertaining nine games that were played. The tenth game being Clermont Strasbourg, who was um, postponed or rather cancelled because of bad weather, a heavy fog on Clermont. Um, anyway, nine games were played, four red cards, 25 goals, four draws, which is probably the most in one match day this season, and definitely a lot of last minute drama in that last game of Ligue 1 in 2021. We're going to start on it straight away, but first, music. And the first game of the season, uh, of the week, sorry, was Montpellier against Angers and a 4-1 win for La Payade for Montpellier. The goal scorer Savanier, of course, at the 14th minute, Tota at the 30th, Ristic at the 51st, and Mavididi at the 76th. Pereira Lage for Angers had, um, reduced the score, I guess, at the 45th minute, just before half time. Nine shots for Montpellier. Six on target and four goals, maximum efficiency. And for Angers, 13 shots and six on target, 54% position for Batchikl's men. Montpellier with their sixth win in a row, thanks to, of course, Tégis Savanier as usual. There is, by the way, on uh, Breaking the Lines, an article by Alex Barker, who is known as um, Euro Expert on uh, Twitter, on Savanier. Uh, and it's a very, very interesting article that I, that I, you know, encourage you to read. You know, it talks about the influence of Savanier on Montpellier and how much it brings to a team that supposedly had lost all their offensive firepower with uh, Delors and uh, Laborde gone in the summer. Montpellier, who's definitely the, the darling of December in Liga and who's finishing 2021 fifth on the table um, with, with Dalolio, really, really steering that team um, in the right direction. But of course, thanks to, again, um, Tegis Savanier. Anyway, against Angers, they were playing against a team that was decimated by COVID and suspension. Mohamed Ali Cho, Thomas Mangani, Batista Mendy, the goalkeeper Petkovic, uh, Cabo, who's been instrumental for Angers this season, and Romain Thomas all went here in Montpellier. And um, it definitely cost um, Angers, I guess, a, a better result. Uh, Montpellier attacked straight away and took no prisoner with um, Savanier, the first to sanction Bernardoli with his already third direct free kick of the season, a beautiful free kick uh, with Bernardoni, you know, not fully innocent on that goal because um, Savanier basically put the, the ball on Bernardoni's side and Bernardoni anticipated it to go over the wall and was taken, I was wrong with it, basically. Um, Bernardoni was not innocent on the second goal either, um, unable to box away a corner kick and then Koza, just behind him, was able to edit it in um, the back of the net. Angers had some opportunities. Uh, unfortunately, Omelin uh, was on, on good form. He's been on a very good form um, this season so far. Uh, and we're only able to score um, a minute before halftime when uh, Omelin boxed the ball away and, and sort of like comically boxed it right 
on Pereira Lage's head, but Pereira Lage was at the spot kick, uh, and his header went straight into the, the back of the net. At 2-1, you know, maybe Angers thought they had a chance to come back, but Montpellier put that to bed real quick in the second half with um, getting back their second goal six minutes in um, with Ristich shoot from, from just inside the box. is good left-footed, uh, the, the left the left fullback Ristich, uh, Bufal, Barroquen, Fulgini all try to enter for Angers. You know, we know how good they can be offensively, those three. Uh, but unfortunately for them, uh, Omelin was really solid. Uh, and eventually it was Mavididi who would score the fourth goal for the home team uh, after Bernardoni had, uh, had done a, a nice save actually on, on German's attempt. Montpellier, fifth spot on the table uh, and Angers are now six points behind them. And, you know, Patrick Guzman are now in the second half of the table, 11th, despite a, a good first half. I mean, it, it's definitely, by all means, not a not a bad first half of the season by uh, by Batikle and Angers. Uh, but they started so well that we had the hope that they were going to be able to keep it up for, for a little bit longer. Unfortunately, as is the case every year for Angers, uh, they have good spurs and then they have, um, you know, I guess a little bit less good moments. Uh, that, that loss against Montpellier definitely... Uh, might hurt them. It'll be good to see if Montpellier can keep that run of form, though. You know, they deserve it. They have some, some good players. Defensively is where we always think that they're a little bit fragile. So that's going to be put to the tests, um, after the break, of course. Uh, but hopefully they can, they can keep that run of play. Anyway, after the, the Christmas and New Year's break, uh, Montpellier, after the, the Coupe de France game, of course, will host, uh, trois for match day 20 of Ligue 1. And Angers, in the meantime, will be hosting Saint-Etienne. Next game up, uh, Marseille against France and the final score 1-1 and a definitely a dramatic ending to that game. Uh, the goal scorer Ekichike for Reims at the 75th minute and uh, Payet at the 98th minute for the penalty for Marseille. Two red cards during that game, uh, one for Bamba Deng at the 85th minute and one for Gravillon, the defender of Reims, at the 98th minute. Uh, 14 shots for Marseille, 6 on target. 73% possession for St. Paul's men and for Reims, seven shots, two on target and one goal. Um, shows, I guess, what the, the game was like. Uh, OM, you know, again, showed their struggle at home and their inability to, to score early, I guess. Um, they utterly dominated that first half, uh, but just were unable to, to score and only really bothered Rajkovic maybe twice from shots from just outside the box by, uh, both Milik and Under. They did let the momentum go away. And then in the second half, they were surprised by, you know, a Rennes team that played the game the right way. They played perfect game plan. You know, the, the, they defended. They just waited for Marseille to open up and then they try and, uh, and operate it in counter attack. And, you know, Oscar Garcia, the, the coach understand that that's how it's supposed to play when you play against Marseille. They came back in the second half with better intent. And then, of course, the entrance of Ekitike at the 60th minute. I gave them the, the wings they needed to, to get a result. With 15 minutes left to play, uh, and at probably at the peak of OM's uninspired attacking, uh, a quick counter-attack ended in Ekitike beating Paul Lopez from point-blank range. And from there on, um, the drama started. The drama unfolded. Um, Charlie Tarcher probably should have been penalized by penalty after, you know, basically boxing Ekitike in the box, but the referee checked the AR and said no. Uh, and then Dieng sort of tried to bring justice on Pocket after uh, what 
probably he didn't want to foul on De La Fuente. Uh, but really, for, for an unknown reason, um, tackled pretty harshly uh, for Kett and was sent off straight away. And then uh, at the very, very end of at the time, uh, Payez diving header, who ended up, you know, sort of far from the from the goals, um, met Gravillon's foot. So uh, actually you got a, a cross and then Payet dies for the header. And Gravillon sort of try and and put his body in a position. But after the header is has happened, Gravillon's foot really hits Payet's head. It's a bit weird. You're wondering how Gravillon wasn't able to um, control his body to avoid that from happening. Um, the VR was checked and the referee decided to give uh, a penalty and Gravillon was given a yellow. Uh, and then Payet converted this penalty and Gravillon was given a second yellow because he kept protesting and then got a, a red card. Marseille somehow managed to salvage that point. It really looked bleak um, and, and it looked pretty uninspiring offensively. Uh, and then they almost finished with nine men when uh, when Camara decided to, to tackle, tackle and like slight tackle and then grab with his arms uh, the rent striker going in Cardona attack by himself. Somehow... It was definitely a straight red, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but somehow the referee decided to, to give him a yellow. I mean, you see the, the image. Um, Camara stops the player and then starts walking throughout the locker room, knowing he's getting a red. And then the referee is like, no, 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 no. The, he wasn't going straight to goal. You just get a yellow. Uh, pretty comical and pretty weird because Leteche is a usually a, a good referee and usually almost known for being like anti-big teams and, and happy to, uh, to give the red cards. But on this one, he, he didn't give it. Anyway, final score one one, uh, and Marseille losing uh, their second spot. Excuse me, because Nice had a better full difference now. Disappointing to see that Marseille, you know, only got one point out of um, two home games against Brest and Reims, but it's also symptomatic of what their issues have been, uh, mainly offensively. I mean, dominating like they dominated the first twenty minutes, they have to be able to score goals early and to be able to get that comfortable lead early on, and not having to wait for um, you know some. Some penalty at the 98th minute. For Reims, it actually was a good operation, being able to get a point from the Velodrome, and they played it the right way. You know, they, they played on their strength, pretty good defensively, uh, and they're able to uh, to play pass and counter-attack, and they did that perfectly at the Velodrome this week. Marseille, after the break, are traveling to Bordeaux, um, the, the fortress that uh, Marseille has been able, unable to take. Um, they haven't won in Bordeaux. Since uh, 1977, it's been 44 years since Marseille won in Bordeaux. Um, looking forward to that game. In the meantime, Reims will be traveling to Clermont after the break. Lorient versus Paris Saint-Germain is the next game. Another one that was decided in injury time. 1-1 final score. Montconjui scored for Lorient at the 40th minute. And Icardi equalized at the 91st minute. A red card was given to Sergio Ramos. Is his first with Paris Saint-Germain. I mean, I don't know if you know, but Sergio Ramos is the record man of red cards in La Liga with 20 red cards in his career um, in uh, in Spain. Uh, he got his first in Liga now. Is uh, is baptized. Uh, Lorient ended the game with 17 shots, five on target, and Paris Saint-Germain 17 shots as well, only four on target, but a 78% ball possession for Paris Saint-Germain. You know, what can you expect of a game when Paris Saint-Germain, who's um, obviously leading the league, um, face a team who's lost seven games in a row like Lorient did? What you got is exactly what you would expect. Lorient defending low for most of the game and operating in counter-attack. Uh, but what you know, what you wouldn't expect or I guess shouldn't see from Paris Saint-Germain is that Lorient gave him a mountain of struggle. 
Paris Saint-Germain was without Mbappé, and without Mbappé, their attack just seems slow and inoffensive. Messi did hit the spot, uh, the the post, excuse me, in the first half, but um, but Lorient definitely were the most dangerous, and Navas had to do a few saves in front of Mofi, in front of Loriente, uh, but then when Mokonji harmed basically what was a missile from the edge of the box, there's nothing that um the Costa Rican keeper could do, and five minutes before the half, Lorient was up one zero. Back from the locker room, it was basically a little bit of the same story. Paris Saint-Germain took ages to finally have a dangerous opportunity and Lorient kept finding space behind their defense in transition. Nardi pushed away Di Maria and Messi uh, and Paris Saint-Germain even down to 10 men after Sergio Ramos um, again, again, as usual, found their way to equalize, equalize uh, like they have so many times this season uh, and it was a typical Paris Saint-Germain goal uh, a typical run from Hakimi on the right wing you know Hakimi is so fast that whenever he starts running onto the right wing it looks like the left back let him go because they think he's going to go out of bounds and every time he manages to cross that ball just before it goes out of bounds and this time it was Icardi in the six-yard box uh, who was able to head it in and and to basically frustrate Les Merlus, right? Um, equalizing in enjoy time. Uh, Paris Saint-Germain actually even had the winning ball on another run from from Hakimi, but Di Maria's feet um, found Nardi on their way. Anyway, 1-1 was the, the final score. Lorient ending their seven-loss strike, but uh, definitely could have gotten more than a point against the, the league leader. And, and for Paris Saint-Germain, unfortunately, Many worries after that first half of of the league. I mean, sure they they are up front and, and pretty comfortably so, and they've only lost once. Uh, but without Mbappe, they just look lost. Messi doesn't have nearly as much impact as expected on the field. Um, the whole team seems to be only playing really when they want to. Uh, you know, there's there's rumors everywhere, of course, but uh, but the French pundits are saying that Pochettino's complaining. Uh, that all the work that they do in training is just completely forgotten on match day and that some players just basically do whatever they want, which is what it looks like when you look at the game. Uh, but yeah, you know, we, we said it time and time again, this PSG is playing poor football, maybe the worst football we've seen in 10 years in the capital. Uh, they got a huge amount of luck in that first half of the season. They have six weeks to find the magic button, basically, you know, like every year they they need to find a way to level up when it comes to the Champions League. They got six weeks before they face Real Madrid in Champions League in the round of 16. Playing the way they play now, there's no chance they're going through. But also, we know that that's what PSG excels at. Just showing up against the big teams, just, you know, playing when it matters. You know, the game will probably be a bit special for Messi playing at Santiago Bernabeu. I just can't help but thinking that they're not going to be able to step up seven times, which is what they need to win the Champions League, right? I'm, I'm really curious about what's going to happen during that winter Mercato. You know, are they going to recruit players? Are they going to change coach? You know, that's at the, at the time that they fired Touré last year was, was Christmas and, and Pochettino, Pochettino, excuse me, just joined during the transfer window. Let's see. It's it's always a, a bit of an enigma what's going on in Paris Saint-Germain. And, uh, you know, I repeat it often enough. It's basically the year where they want to win the Champions League because the World Cup is in Qatar at the end of the year. It's it's the year where they really wanted to push that, um, how we call that, that um, slow marketing, that soft marketing um, to the to the blink and, and really get that Champions League win. We will see if they're able to do it, if they play the way they've been playing. There's no way they do that. Um, they need to be uh, so some pretty stern conversation had in that locker room for them to try and, 
and get to where they want to be. Let's see. It's going to be a very entertaining second half, I think, for, for Paris Saint-Germain, especially in Champions League. After the break, anyway, uh, they will play in Lyon for, uh, for already a, a very important game straight away. And in the meantime, Lorient will be traveling to Lille. And Brest also load at 1-1. The goal scorer Honora for Brest at the fifth minute and Rami answered for trois at the 80th minute. Jesse Moulin got a red card from the bench at the 13th minute. The goalkeeper, uh, from trois, the, the substitute goalkeeper. Uh, who got two yellow cards within 13 minutes. Uh, that Laurent Batless would be happy with that. Uh, Trois finished with 67% possession, 15 shots, four on target, and Brest ended with eight shots, two on target. And as usual with Trois, it was domination, but almost useless domination, and a defense that concedes almost too easily. Brest was able to score early, and then after that, they just waited and, and operated in counter-attack, which is what you do when you play away, right? Uh, Onora's goal at the fifth minute is is a good goal, but it was maybe a little bit too easy for him to dribble his way from the throwing line all the way to the middle of the box, and then arm a shot that um, beat Gauthier, Gauthier Gallon, sorry on his open side. Brest had a solid first half defensively after after scoring that goal, uh, basically you know focusing on frustrating Trois. They did that well, uh, but Trois had just the same issues that we've seen since the beginning of the season. They have a good passing football up until the final third, and then he ends in loose balls, bad passes, and, and then just lack of creativity altogether in, in that final third. The second half was a little bit more of the same. Uh, Brest maybe started losing up a little bit, and and we could see you know a few more opportunities for Trois. Bizo and Gallon had to stay alert to goalkeepers, and ten minutes before half time, uh, finally Trois got. I don't know if it was a reward because I don't know that they had that many opportunities, but they got the reward uh, with uh, with world champion Agile Rami uh, leveling with definitely a fair amount of luck. Uh, what happened basically was on a corner, El Adjam's header was uh, saved by Marco Bizo and Belkebla tried to clear the ball, but only saw his clearance basically bouncing on Rami's leg and ending in the back of the net, which is pretty unlucky for Brest, but also um, definitely their fault because they should have been able to clear that ball differently. Anyway, after that, Brest just wasn't able to go back to attacking and, uh, and Trois were the one trying to go for the kill without, uh, success. Of course, the game finishing at 1-1. Brent, Brest, excuse me, ends the calendar year at 12 seats, four points away from sixth place Monaco, which is pretty positive for their Zakaria after a, a pretty, um, bleak start of the season. Trois, unfortunately, is in that mix of team who will seemingly be battling until the very last day to stay in Lyon. Uh, there's like four or five teams at 16, 17 points, uh, four points away from, from Saint-Etienne. But it looks like it's going to be a long road for Laurent Batless and the uh, City Football Group Club. After the break, Trois will be traveling to Montpellier and Brest will be hosting Nice. The thriller of the week is next with Lille winning in Bordeaux 3-2. The goal scorer for Bordeaux, Elise twice at the 17th and the 45th minutes. And for Lille, Benjamin André at the 33rd and the striking duo Gilmaz at the 77th on penalty. And of course, Jonathan David at the 84th minute. 12 shots for Bordeaux, 3 on target. 13 shots for Lille, 3 on target as well. And 59% possession for the Dogs. Lille is keeping their good run of form. They have now won five out of the last six games in all competition after a, a complicated start of the league. Bordeaux, unfortunately, dealing with uh, 14 positive COVID tests right now in their ranks. Um, 
they did held their own, but again, are crashing in the last minute. And are not having a great first start of um of Petrovic's career at the head of Legionda. Anyway, things had started well for, for the home team with uh, Pembele's cross at the 17th minute, somehow not dealt with by uh, Ivo Garvic and Elis tapping in the ball into the, the back of the net. Lille pushed to equalize, but Bordeaux was, was pretty sorry that he took something pretty special from Benjamin André to, to level a uh, half volley from 25 meter, which is probably one of his most beautiful goals of his career. Uh, and Costil just had no chance on, on that one. The rest of the first half was, you know, very entertaining and, uh, and Bordeaux really push to try and score, and also we're doing well defensively, which um, for the amount of goal that they've conceded is, uh, I guess, is, is important to note. They were rewarded for their effort just before halftime. Uh, Ellis, again, in the box, who, who, you know, a bit unorthodoxly, unorthodoxly scored. Uh, the, the pointy end of his right foot was used to put the ball um, between a, a couple of Bordeaux's bodies and, and to find the opposite side net. The Panther from, from Honduras, as he wants to be called, uh, was able to roar and, and the Matlick Atlantic really believed in it at this point. They focused on defending when they came back from the break, Petkovic and, and his team and, and Lille tried to push for another equalizer. Unfortunately for them, both Yilmaz and David's goals were denied for offsides at first. But then at the very end, a clumsy challenge from Mangas only Hadji offered the, the Turkish striker an opportunity to score from the spot kick and kick Burak wouldn't let that one go fourth goal of the season for the Turkish international and both teams at level with two minutes to play it wasn't over you know despite the, the chatter around his future and despite his agent saying that he's leaving next summer Jonathan David is definitely focused on Lille and inherited the ball in Bordeaux's box after some, some really bad choices by the Girondin defender and on his left foot just basically swerved the ball away from Costil to give Ledog the three points with five minutes left to play. Bordeaux did try and push and spend the last, you know, two, three minutes in Lille's area. Unfortunately, no real opportunity um, came from that. And the worst defense in the league was considered now 43 goals with another loss at home. They, they considered more than two goals per game and it's definitely not what you expect from a team like Bordeaux. Petkovic, I think, has not convinced in the Southwest so far, you know, despite so, some good players, Elise, Adli, Pempele have been, uh, have been, you know, satisfy satisfying for Bordeaux. The rest of the squad is just, you know, not quite telling enough. Maybe they're not quite scoring enough defensively. Clearly, there's progress to be made. Um, for Lille, though, it's a bit better. Uh, five points behind Nice and Marseille now. Hopefully, they can keep that cool enough firm after the Christmas break. Uh, it wasn't easy to start for Govenek. Seems like they are finding their feet. Uh, they obviously successfully uh, went through the group stages in Champions League. You never know. They might, they might be able to keep it. I'm still very doubtful about them being able to keep a good um, a good streak for a long time, but they, they're proving me wrong right now. So let's see. Let's see where they end, uh, Les Dog. After the break, Lille will be facing Lorient and Bordeaux will be hosting Marseille. Lyon mess next another 1-1. The goal scorer Lukeba for Lyon at the 56 minutes and Traoré for Metz at the 58. 19 shots for Lyon, 6 on target, 76% possession. And for Metz, 6 shots, 2 on target only. Clearly the picture of the game there. Uh, you know, OL was facing a bit of an on-field and off-the-field crisis. Uh, another game was interrupted before it end. I'm sure you guys have, have read about it or heard about it in, in Coupe de France against Paris FC. A lot of 
lot of chatter around that. Everyone first blamed Lyon supporters and then turned out that some um, PSG fans that actually are forbidden to attend Ligue 1 games uh, snuck into that Coupe de France game and provoked the Lyon supporters. Anyway, bad on both hands and, and fans really need to chill in France. It's, it's pretty boring. Uh, on the field, let's go back to football. Um, OL, they just, you know, Peter Boss's football is nice, but they just fail to convince consistently. They have some good moments and then they have some moments where you're wondering when they're going to be able to, to score a goal. And the first half of that game was definitely that uh, Lyon attacking relentlessly, but showing, you know, mainly a lack of inspiration and only able to be dangerous from, from long range shots. Mess barely found themselves near Anthony Lopez, though. So defensively, Lyon was doing what it takes. You could see Antonetti, the Mess uh, coach, definitely frustrated on the on the side that even on counter attack, uh, Les Grenades weren't able to go up. As a proof that both wasn't very happy with his team's performance, he made three substitutions at halftime, and the impact was immediate. Uh, Dembele found behind the defense by Guimarães, who had just come in, so he had to push in corner, and on that corner. Uh, the young Lukeba headed in his first career goal for Lyon, his first career goal altogether, to give his team some, some much-needed air. Unfortunately, that hair probably got to their head real quick, and uh, the joy was short-lived with uh, Legon slowing down and somehow um, you know, forgetting themselves and being punished straight away. Uh, a pass for Toko Ikambi wasn't attacked by the Cameroonian and offered Mess an opportunity to, to equalize straight away. Traore inherited the ball at the edge of the box, uh, a little dummy put two Lyon players basically in the wind, uh, and then he had all the time to open his foot. His shot was touched by Lopez, but not enough to prevent it from getting in, and, and at 1-1, Mess was able to just go back into their box and wait for Lyon. Uh, Lyon went back into attack mode. They, you know, they tried to get there, and fortunately went just not able to beat Kaya, despite a few um, opportunity. Les Grenats actually even almost created a bigger upset on set pieces, but, uh, but the score did remain, um, 1-1. Disappointedly, Lyon is now 13th on the table, seven points away only from relegation, uh, and nine points from the top three. They need a positive series to put themselves back in the position they should be in. Uh, they've done so well in Europe. They really need to find that energy in the domestic competition. With Juninho out in the winter, with Olas's woes off the pitch, you know, you, you gotta hope that a merchant electroshock is going to come and reach the whole squad during that break for, for Lyon to really perform where they're supposed to be performing in Ligue 1. The answer will come quick after the break. They are going to Paris to play against Paris Saint-Germain. And it's the kind of game where you know that Lyon will turn up and will play their, their best. We remember the, the first game in, at the Groupama Stadium where Lyon were leading and then um, lost the game on some controversial calls at the very end of the game. Uh, anyway, we'll see. It's going to be a, a very interesting game to follow for March the 20. In the meantime, Metz will be hosting Strasbourg in the Derby of the Northeast. Next, Monaco against Rennes and a 2-1 win for Monaco against uh, Inform Rennes. The goal scorer, Wissam Benyeder on penalty at the 35th minute. Kevin Roland at the 72nd. Martin Terrier had opened the score for Rennes at the 16th minute. 11 shots for Monaco, 3 on target. 16 shots for Rennes, 6 on target. And a 53% vote position for Les Rennes. Monaco's been far from convincing this season offensively. Yet, they were able to turn up against one of the best teams of the first half. Uh, Pep Genesio's Stade Rennes. One day I'll tell you how the name Pep Genesio came back for, uh, for Bruno Genesio, the, the Rennes coach. 
Uh, anyway, it didn't look good for the Prince Albert team though early on with Prince's usual suspect Laborde and Terrier combining around the box. Uh, Laborde and Terrier, excuse me, Martin Terrier. With Terrier, the number seven, uh, bring the ball past Axel, Alex Nubel, um, at the 16th minute. At 1-0 for Rennes, you know, you're expecting a bit of what's happened since the beginning of the season for Monaco struggling to find room offensively and Rennes able to be, um, so lethal when they, when they go forward. Monaco did get a bit of a lucky break um, at the 35th minute. Uh, a random ball basically hitting a Rennes defender's arm and, and VAR giving Benyedere a chance to score on the spot kick. The French international didn't let one pass, didn't let that one pass and uh, and scored and level the team maybe a little bit undeservedly um, before the, the end of the first half. Um, not a lot of opportunities during that first half. That second half started with um, a bit better action with Rennes pushing forward uh, and Monaco focusing just a little bit more on counter-attack. Poland had a first opportunity but Gomis parried it and then Terrier tried to answer but Nubel was here as well and then with uh, with 20 minutes left to play, uh, what looked like a volley from Sofian dropped bounced on the floor and ended up being a, an assist for the opportunistic German striker Kevin Voland who headed in his fourth goal of the season but also his third in the last four games is in form Voland. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and giving basically Monaco the win after that. Uh, Ryan Ren did try to answer. Santa Maria found Nubel's crossbar, and then the German keeper had to do a, a couple of important saves against Borijo in injury time. So Ren really, really pushed, but Monaco was uh, were very happy to to keep that score the way it was. Of course, big win to slow down uh, Ren's role and come back two points behind Genesio's men for for Monaco. Les Rouges et Noirs, les, les Bretons, won't be very happy. Um, finishing the year with two losses after a really good couple of months. Uh, and they're having another challenge straight away when they come back from holidays because they're traveling to, to Lens to face les saint who are also out of form. It's going to be uh, one of the games of the beginning of the season. Monaco, the beginning of the year, sorry, 2022. Monaco, in the meantime, will be traveling to Nantes. And Nantes were in Saint-Etienne this week where they won 1-0. The goal scorer, Randall Colomuani, at the 83rd minute. Uh, Saint-Etienne still in despair. 14 shots for Les Verts, 6 on target. And for Nantes, 8 shots, 3 on target. Um, the position was basically level 51% for Nantes. And Saint-Etienne, who are now coached by Pascal Duprat and wanted to hear that to end that year on a positive note after um, their Coupe de France win, Again, we are beaten, um, and, and the Canary on Wednesday were ruthless. Both teams, you know, evenly matched for most of the game. The, the first half being maybe a little bit boring with not a lot happening and, and really both teams failing to bring danger close to the keepers. The second half was more entertaining. Um, Tendetien forced Lafont to a few saves. Uh, the stadium really, really pushed behind their team to, to inspire them to, to play well offensively, but unfortunately, uh, Le Canary would take advantage of some passive defending by the home squad and with 17 minutes, with seven minutes left, excuse me, Colomuani, um, slalomed within the defense and, and in the box was then able to fire a missile past Magic. The defensive performance from Saint-Etienne on that one opportunity definitely wasn't great. Like four or five players were just, um, very static when Colomuani dribbled through. Lever could really try and equalize through everything they had um, in the last minute. And, and when Lafon finally was beaten, it was Castelletto, the defender, who saved the visitor on his line. And unfortunately, the, the result stayed the way it was, unfortunately for Saint-Etienne and fortunately for Nantes, of course. 
there is progress in sentence intensity already. You can see a bit of a bit of results, uh, but they need to get those wins. They're already four points away from 19th point, 19th place Lorient. They need to get um, those results quickly if they want to get out of uh, of the relegation zone. I have faith in Saint-Étienne. I'm sure they can do it. It's a club that has proven time and time again that they can, um, you know, get out of tricky situations. They just have to do it really quick. Nantes overall had a surprising, successful first part of the season, despite you know the usual off-pitch trouble with uh, with President Kita. They are sitting seventh right now. You know they have every chance to make it to Europe if they keep playing that kind of football, and it's not something that anyone had anticipated with Camboire at the at the head of Les Canaries. But good on them. They're really they're really doing well, and uh, you know Colomani, Moses, Ludovic Blas are really um, showing their. Their skill, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a couple of those guys in bigger teams next season. Saint-Étienne, after the break, will be traveling to Angers and Nantes will be hosting Monaco. The last game of the, this week was Nice against Lens at the Alliance Riviera and Nice winning against Lens 2-1. The goal scorer Kalim Wendo for Lens first at the 30th minute and Lemina at the 63rd and Cloyvert at the 79th for Nice. Nine shots for Nice, only three on target and two goals. 55% ball position for Les Aiglons. Eight shots for Lance, four on target. You would expect a, a firework of opportunity with those uh, two squads, or at least with Lance. Uh, but it wasn't the case. Lance, who was a bit out of form in the last few games, unable to buy a win in Ligue 1 for the past five. They hope this would change when they visited uh, an inconsistent Nice team. But both teams showed their best and their worst side um, within these 90 minutes. Nice were the one pushing early uh, and trying to make an early impact. Uh, but Lance first were able to push them away, basically. And then when it was Les Sangs et Or time to attack, they really made it count. Kalimwendo uh, first missed an open play effort with a, with a header straight in the, hair, in the arms of Benitez. But then, with all the time in the world in the middle of the Nice defense, he was able to... Uh, to arm a volley from a pretty narrow angle uh, and the ball ended up under Benitez's legs somehow for the, the opening of the score at the half-hour mark. Nice went back straight into it uh, and attacked a bit more after conceded. They almost got that equalizer before halftime with a uh, powerful shot from Atal who was saved by Leca at the near post. And in the second half, uh, they came back pushing and finally made it to reclaim that um, second spot that is now there. After 50 minutes, that reward came um, in form of a pretty pretty beautiful goal uh, by Lemina. Uh, a goal that should have been cleared, though, by the Lance defense. Uh, landed on Lemina in the middle of the box, and Lemina, with his back to the goal, um, just um, executed a superb volley, uh, half volley, half tackle. Uh, and Luca definitely had, had no chance. It's the first goal from the former Fulham midfielder in Ligue 1, in Ligue 1 since he came back. Uh, it's first goal for Nice. They kept pushing uh, Les Aiglons, and with 10 minutes to go, the game winner came from um, the, the Dutch striker, Justin Kloivert, using his space to run the ball from the sideline all the way to almost the six-yard box, uh, a goal that looked a lot like Honora or Elise's goal uh, earlier, and then sneaking the shoot between the defense and between Leka and his near post. Kloivert almost scored a second goal minutes after, but his shot crashed on, on Leka's crossbar and Lance looked completely unable um, to switch back on and to try and get um, a point at least from the Alliance Riviera. The Saint-Eor have now conceded 
14 goals in their last six games, um, as as many as they had considered in the first 13 games. And they are at the ninth spot, which is a bit disappointing from a team that, um, you know, basically what was so much in the beginning of the season. Their last win was against Wa on November 5th. It's been a, it's been a month and a half now since they had the three points at the end of a game. For Galtier, for Nice, uh, the first half of the season is successful. They're nicely sitting on the second of the table. They're battling for a Champions League spot. Uh, you know, they have their issues, but uh, but Galtier, I think, has built a squad made for, for competition and they will have some ups and downs. But uh, I feel like if they keep playing that way, after the break, we were going to be able to count on them until the very end. After the break, for their first game, they'll travel to Brest try and keep that good run running. And Lance, in the meantime, will be hosting Rennes. And that's it. This was match day 19 with only nine games, of course. Uh, Clermont Strasbourg, as a reminder, was postponed for fast, for bad weather. Uh, and uh, and 19, nine games that really um, were entertaining and where what Ligue 1 gives us the most, which is um, unexpected results. And, uh, and Paris Saint-Germain, not winning, but at least not losing at the last minute. Uh, Paris Saint-Germain in Ligue 1 was drawn the, the three of the last four games, so they are definitely also hitting a bit of a slope. Anyway, have a quick look at the table after the end of the first leg of the games in Ligue 1. Paris Saint-Germain is at the top 46 points, followed by Nice and Marseille with both 33 points, and then between um, fourth place Rennes and um, 12th place Brest, you have six points, um, which, which shows how uh, open it's going to be in the second half. At the bottom of the table, Saint-Etienne is last 12 points only in 19 goal and a, and a terrible series of, um, loss, losses, um, in a row. It's, it's going to be really hard for Les Verts. In front of them, Lorient, Metz, Bordeaux, Clermont, and Troyes, five teams at 16 and 17 points. Uh, so same thing. It's pretty open at the bottom of the table too. The goal scorer, Jonathan David, with his goal this weekend, um, goes up with 12 goals, followed by Ben Yedder, 10 goals, and behind them, Laborde, Mbappé, Ajor, Perrier, and Mohamed Bayo, all with 9 goals. On the assist ladder, it's still Mbappé with 8 assists, followed by Payet and Kloss with 7 assists each. After the break, there'll be uh, a Coupe de France game early in January, and then uh, Ligue 1 match 20 will be on the 8th, 9th, and 10th of January, starting with a very interesting Bordeaux Marseille and finishing by Lyon Paris Saint Germain. Thank you very much for listening to the Ligue 1 podcast in 2021. It's been an honor to talk about French football and Ligue 1 week in, week out. We, we hope we had more success in Champions League, in Europa League, at the Euro as well. Uh, but overall, it was amazing to just um, chat about French football the whole season. Thank you, everyone who has joined me during those podcasts, all the guests that have been there. Thank you, of course, to Zach and Juan from Breaking the Lines for um, allowing me to, to join the team and to uh, do what I love to do, speaking about French football week in, week out. Um, I'm not sure there's going to be another episode this until the end of 2021. So I will go ahead and wish you all Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, uh, a great end of New Year 2021. Stay safe out there. Uh, we know what's going on in, in the world right now. So stay safe, look after yourself. And I will talk to you for sure 
uh, early in January. Thank you. Bye bye. À bientôt. 